Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time around. Tonight we're going to celebrate the 77th birthday of the Beatles drummer with Volume 4 of the Ringo Starr Sessions. Can't fight lightning. It's not uncommon for musicians to record entire albums that are shelved. And although the Beatles never scrapped an album's worth of material, the ex-Beatles have. There's Harrison's Shanghai Surprise soundtrack, as well as the original version of Somewhere in England. McCartney completed numerous unreleased projects, including the double album versions of Red Rose Speedway and McCartney 2, as well as the infamous Cold Cuts compilation. There's also a wealth of unreleased tracks by Lennon, apparent by the countless episodes of the radio series The Lost Lennon Tapes. Starr also worked on a few projects that never saw the light of day, including a Moog synthesizer album with B.G. Maurice Gibb, the infamous Memphis album produced by Chips Moman, and the album we're going to hear tonight, Can't Fight Lightning. Starr was the first Beatle to release a proper, non-experimental solo album, beating McCartney to the punch by almost three weeks. His first two LPs, both released in 1970, were genre-specific albums. The first, Sentimental Journey, was a collection of standards that he recorded for his mother, which peaked at number 7 in the UK and number 22 in the US. For his second solo outing, Starr returned to a genre that he occasionally touched upon during his tenure with the Beatles, country and western. He traveled to Nashville to record Bocuse of Blues, an album of compositions that were written expressly for that particular project by others. It charted in the U.S., but only reached a modest number 65. While both of these albums are part of his catalog, his solo recording career began in earnest in 1971 with the single It Don't Come Easy, followed in 72 by Back Off Boogaloo, both produced by ex-bandmate George Harrison and both top 10 hits. He followed with the Richard Perry-produced Ringo album, which featured ex-Beatles John, Paul, and George as both songwriters and performers, although they didn't perform together on any of the tracks. It yielded two number one singles and a third which reached number five. The first, Photograph, was Starr's first number one hit as a solo artist and Harrison's third as a composer since the Beatles' breakup in 1970. In 1974, Starr teamed up with Perry to record the follow-up to Ringo, Goodnight Vienna. Lennon wrote and performed on the title track, and although the album wasn't as successful as its predecessor, it was nonetheless a hit, reaching number eight in the U.S. and spawning two top ten singles. October 76 saw the release of Starr's first post-EMI album, Ringo's Rotogravure, produced by Arif Martin. Lennon, McCartney, and Harrison again contributed compositions, and Lennon played piano, and McCartney provided background vocals along with his wife Linda. The album only reached number 28, and the singles didn't fare much better. This was the beginning of Starr's steady decline on the charts. Arif Martin returned in the producer's chair for Ringo IV in 1977, and the two followed the disco trend for much of the material. Not the best decision. The record only reached number 162 in the U.S., and after its release, Starr was dropped by Atlantic Records. He signed to a CBS Records affiliate, Portrait, and released his next LP, Bad Boy, co-produced with songwriting partner Vinnie Poncia. 
The album lost the disco inflections of Ringo IV, but despite the airing of a primetime TV special entitled Ringo, it only reached number 129 in the U.S. The late 70s weren't treating the drummer well. One of his closest friends, Who drummer Keith Moon, had died. His home in L.A. had caught fire and much of his cherished memorabilia went up in flames. And peritonitis, which had affected him as a child, returned, and he almost died during an operation to remove several feet of his intestines. On top of this, the end of his first marriage to Maureen was still stinging. After the dismal chart showings of his last few albums, Starr had told friends that he might never make another solo album or play another note of music. That all changed after he met actress Barbara Bach on the set of the film Caveman. Starr told the LA Times, I hadn't planned to make another album now. I'd play on other people's sessions, but I didn't want to do my own. Barbara was the one who talked me into it. Starr was looking for material for the new project, and while McCartney was in France for the Cannes Film Festival, he and Starr met up. They reminisced about their days as Beatles, and Starr spoke of how his career had taken a dive at the end of the 70s. McCartney encouraged him to get back in the studio, which prompted the drummer to ask his former bandmate for some songs. Starr recalled, Well, I told Paul I needed a hit, so he said he'd write something. I kind of forgot about it after that. Later, Paul called up and said, Okay, I've booked the studio and the player, so let's record. McCartney booked two weeks from July 11th to the 21st, 1980 at Super Bear Studios, located near Nice, France, and Monte Carlo, and sent Starr a demo tape of songs he wanted him to learn. The band included guitarist Lawrence Juber from The Last Incarnation of Wings and Lloyd Green, as well as saxophonist Howie Casey. Casey had known the ex-Beatles since the early 60s when he was a member of Denny and the Seniors, the first rock and roll act from Liverpool to play in Hamburg, and recorded and toured with Wings in the 70s. The band recorded five songs during the sessions, including three of which would eventually appear on the album Stop and Smell the Roses, the LP that was released instead of Can't Fight Lightning. A cover of Carl Perkins' Short of Fall, recorded by the Beatles for BBC Radio in the early 60s, was tackled, and although it appeared on Stop and Smell the Roses, it was not considered for Can't Fight Lightning. The two McCartney originals, however, were featured on both albums. Tonight we'll hear the unreleased long versions of both Attention and Private Property. Everybody wants to smile Everybody needs a mention Attention, attention for a while Come on baby, give it all you've got Get into the power of the bar For a while 
Everybody needs a mention Attention, attention for a while Knowing, knowing that I love you Sharing in a secret Everybody knows Giving
We're back with Volume 4 of the Ringo Starr Sessions, Can't Fight Lightning. We'll follow with a pair of recordings produced by Stephen Stills, whom Starr had worked with in the past. He drummed on Stills' 1970 debut solo album, and Stills played on It Don't Come Easy. Stills and guitarist Michael Sturgis wrote You've Got a Nice Way, which was recorded in August of 1980 in Los Angeles and appeared on Stop and Smell the Roses. They reconvened in September to record the Starr-penned Wake Up, 
which appeared in the running order of Can't Fight Lightning, but was dropped from Stop and Smell the Roses.
by my side I've no reason to hide I dream all my dreams about you During the McCartney-produced sessions, two more songs were recorded but left in the can. The first was a nearly eight-minute-long instrumental entitled Love's Full Glory, never intended for Starr's album, and a ten-minute studio jam that gave the album its title. Starr explained the origin of the song. I'd been conversing in the studio about Barbara and my love for her, which I summed up with the phrase, you can't fight lightning. Well, next thing you know, I was playing guitar, Paul was on drums, Lawrence Juber played electric guitar, and Lloyd Green started playing an acoustic guitar like it was a steel guitar. Linda McCartney and Sheila Casey contributed backing vocals, and Barbara played maracas. Although Starr had played guitar previously on early 1970, the flip side of It Don't Come Easy, this time he was allegedly strumming so aggressively that his fingers began to bleed. The rumor is that during the uncut 10-minute version he yelled, I've got blisters on my fingers, as he had done on Helter Skelter in 1968.
Side 2 begins with the George Harrison composition, Rack My Brain, which would find its way onto Stop and Smell the Roses. Harrison and percussionist Ray Cooper recorded the basic tracks in November at Friar Park Studios, and the subject matter would be equally at home on a Star or Harrison record. Frustration at trying to please record company executives and the record-buying public. Star also attempted to sing All Those Years Ago, which would eventually end up on Harrison's Somewhere in England, but the key was too high for him, so he passed on it.
Starr also worked with Rolling Stones guitarist Ron Wood in September at Cherokee Studios. The two often met at each other's homes to jam, and it was out of those sessions that Dead Giveaway was born. Although it would end up on Stop and Smell the Roses, it was edited down from its original length of 5 minutes and 20 seconds. Tonight we'll hear the extended version, along with another track the duo recorded for the Can't Fight Lightning LP, entitled Brandy, a 1978 song by the OJs.
Harrison produced one other song for Can't Fight Lightning, which would appear on Stop and Smell the Roses, the early 50s hit You Belong to Me. Three versions made it into the U.S. pop charts in 52, by Joe Stafford, Patti Page, and Dean Martin, and it returned to the charts in 1962 when the Duprees recorded it. Starr and Harrison put their indelible stamp on the song, and it made the perfect penultimate track. The album closes with the song that would give Stop and Smell the Roses its title, written by star and drinking buddy Harry Nielsen, who took over the producer's chair. 
The sessions also produced a new version of Starr's 1972 song, Back Off Boogaloo. Although it didn't make the final cut of Can't Fight Lightning, it did end up on Stop and Smell the Roses. So we're going to close the show with an early mix of the final song from that album. Starr had wanted all three of his ex-bandmates to contribute to the album, and Lennon had offered Life Begins at 40, and Nobody Told Me. But after his death, Starr couldn't bring himself to record those songs for the album. Starr delivered the master tapes to Portrait Records in late February of 1981, but by April, he was dropped from the label. Portrait's vice president and general manager, Lenny Petz, claimed that he had been dropped for his own good in a Rolling Stone interview. We let him go to make him happy. I'm very disappointed because I think it's a tremendous album, but without a worldwide deal, the export problem would have been considerable. In other words, people would only have been able to buy the album in Europe from U.S. dealers who would be exporting it. That would have been disastrous for Ringo. He would lose a lot of sales over there without a label. We didn't want to cause him any problems, so we decided to let him go. Many have disputed this claim, stating that the executives at Portrait didn't think that the album was commercial, that Starr demanded a heavier promotional effort from Portrait than they were willing to commit to, and that he demanded the company release it and promote it in conjunction with the theatrical release of Caveman. Finally, Starr's asking price was too high, and he refused to tour to promote the album. Can't Fight Lightning was withdrawn from the release schedule on March 26th, and Starr was dropped from Portrait's roster of artists in April. The album was retooled and released as Stop and Smell the Roses on Neil Bogart's new label, Boardwalk. Time to 
the day, you know, and I said to myself, what's all this hurry? What's all this hustle and bustle? Why don't I just stop? Look at the pretty roses, smell them for one moment. Take the time to see, take the time to smell. Have a good time in life. Don't let everything pass you by. You're only here once, and I've been here longer than most of you. So stop and take the time to buy this album. Well, that's it for this week. 
I hope you enjoyed this special Ringo Starr episode, Can't Fight Lightning. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962-1963, and the Steely Dan FAQ. Tune in to hear deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, live cuts, solo tracks, and much, much more. You can pick up the books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your favorite bookseller, or for signed copies at thebeatlesiwanttotellyou.com or anthonyrobustelli.com. You could also pick up the new CD release, The Steely Dan Sessions, Interpretations of Unrealized Classics, at Amazon, CD Baby, or on the Anthony Robustelli website. You could follow me on Instagram and Twitter, ShadyBearBKLYN, and like the Facebook pages for The Beatles I Want to Tell You and The Steely Dan FAQ. See you next time.